Hi, welcome to episode 476 of the Fantastic Forecast. I'm David Elliott, and I think my dreams are just glimpses into other alternate realities, where apparently I spend a lot of time being embarrassed, just like in this reality. Today it's Fantastic Four, Volume 3, Number 47, a.k.a. Fantastic Four, 476, from November 2001. Just Imagine, by co-plotters Carlos Pacheco and Rafael Marin, scripter Jeff Loeb, and artist unknown. Jesus Moreno is credited as the inker, but it doesn't say who actually penciled the stuff, but it sure looks like Carlos Pacheco is back on art duties to me. So the issue begins by asking us to imagine a world where Curly from the Three Stooges is the mayor of New York City. Sounds good to me. To imagine that John Lennon is still alive. Also sounds good. And we see him there at Strawberry Fields Park near the Dakota in New York City, freaking people out. And imagine Nazi stormtroopers invading New York City's Jewish Diamond District and busting some heads. Also, sounds pretty good. No, wait, no, wait, that sounds, that sounds, that sounds horrible. That does not sound good. But we don't have to imagine it because it's real. It is real thanks to Abraxas. All kinds of crap is going crazy in New York City. We see Abraxas there floating above the street as chaos reigns all around him. Goliath is falling over and destroying a building. Oh, come on. Don't we have enough of that already in 2001? The United Nations building already bit the dust of like a month ago, and some other buildings too, if I recall correctly. Back at the Baxter building, Valeria wakes up and starts looking for Franklin, and instead, she finds Abraxas. And I tell you what, that blanket that Abraxas is wearing is so low, if it goes any lower, he's going to have to register as a sex offender. Valeria screams out, time jump! And she disappears and reappears in another time, I guess. But it seems like she only travels a minute or two into the future or the past. I don't know. She heads into another room and finds Namorita, who is now blue, like any other Atlantean, and she can't breathe out of water. Abraxas comes in and starts knocking on the door, saying, Little pig, little pig, let me in. See, that's how bad he is. He's calling a young girl a little pig. What is he, like, Alec Baldwin or something? He walks through the door, but Valeria is gone. But Namorita is still there. And it looks like she's dead. No, not Namorita only. Why can't Valeria be dead, too? Oh, life is so cruel to me. Meanwhile, in deep space, Johnny is flying along with Nova from an alternate dimension, trying to find the ultimate nullifier, and feeling awkward to be there with his ex-girlfriend, even though she is the alternate universe version of his ex-girlfriend. He really ought to get over it. That was like 20 years ago. She's just not into you, Johnny. She dumped him for an older man, Galactus. And back on Earth, we're back to him imagining things, like if Reed Richards had become Doctor Doom. Didn't Claremont do that story like a year ago? Or imagine if Reed had been turned into a big purple monster by cosmic rays. Imagine if Ben Grimm stayed in the, mil in the military and didn't join the Fantastic Four. Or imagine if Ben gained the powers of Mr. Fantastic and won the heart of Sue Storm. That backs up my theory that what Sue really loves is those stretchy powers. 
Or imagine if Sue Storm had married the Submariner. Or imagine if, as Malice, she killed her teammates. Is this really a Fantastic Four story? Or are Pacheco and Marin making a pitch to be the new creative team on the book, What If? Imagine a world where Ben Grimm as the Thing became a pro football star. Wouldn't that be cheating? I guess he could play for the Patriots. Or they tell us to imagine a world where Sue Richards had a second child, a girl. Oh, come on, I'd rather not imagine that. Or imagine a world where Sue got the powers of the Human Torch. And then it says to imagine that each of these worlds is like sand in an hourglass, as are the days of our lives, and that the hourglass will soon be shattered by Abraxas. He can start with the world where Sue has another child, and then maybe go on to the world with the American Nazis. Next, Sue drops this round metal ball on some medical equipment. As she's been quantum leaped into another world, into an alternate version of herself. And there in a doctor's office, a kid calls her Dr. Storm and tells her how he hurt his arm in a bicycle accident. It takes her a moment to figure out what's going on, but she asks to look at the arm. And she says to herself that at least she's not being asked to do open-heart surgery. She picks up the boy and carries him to the patient bed. You know, he hurt his arm, not his legs. I don't know why she's carrying him. It looks like he's like 10, 11, 12 years old. There's no reason for her to pick him, pick him up and carry him. He asks if she's going to x-ray his arm, but she uses her invisible powers to look at it instead. And she sees that it's broken. And she uses her little force fields to push the bones back together and tells him that she'll get it fitted for a cast. This sequence where she's looking inside his arm is kind of gross, but also, it's really kind of cool. So the kid and his mother leave, and Sue is thinking that it's weird for people to be calling her Dr. Storm, because that reminds her of her father, who was also a doctor. And then she turns around, and guess who's there? Why, it's her dad! What a coincidence! Papa Storm seems concerned about the news, in the newspaper and on the TV news, that the Atlanteans seem like they're up to no good. Maybe in this 2001, they have a problem with Atlantean terrorists, led by Osama Finn Laden. See what I did there? That was pretty bad. Sue asks her dad if he knows where her brother is, and he replies, Jail, if there's any justice in this world. And just then, knocking on the door, guess who's there? Why, yes, it's her brother. What a coincidence. She just has to think of somebody and they show up. And Johnny isn't alone. He's got the Submariner with him. But this is like Namer in his old hobo version of himself from issue four. Johnny thinks his name is Mac. Namer's last name is Mackenzie. Johnny asks if she's going to let them in. It seems like it's a house or an officer, wherever they are, is on the coast. And Namer sees these Atlantean ships shooting up out of the ocean. And he says, John, look. And meanwhile, in another universe, the Thing finds himself quantum leaping into another version of himself, and there on the street, people panic and they yell out, RUN! IT'S A MONSTER! They think he's some kind of alien, part of some kind of alien invasion. The cops show up to arrest Ben, who also has one of those round metal balls, which must be the device used to send Ben to this alternate world. He doesn't want to surrender to the cops, so he jumps into this hole in the ground and into the sewer system under the ground. The cops say this looks like a job for the Challengers. Ben turns back into his human self, 
so he can attract less attention. But he's still a dude wearing a, nothing but a pair of ripped up pants, so I still think he might get noticed. So the Challengers of Doom appear on the TV. It's a team led by Dr. Doom, featuring the Hulk and Reed and Sue. Ben joins a group of people watching this on TV in a store window, and Doom tells the world not to panic. There is no alien invasion, so remain calm. It's only Russian propaganda. You know, Vladimir Putin has done a lot of shitty things, but trying to convince the world there's an alien invasion, well, he's never done that. Yet. Actually, trying to convince people there's an alien invasion sounds more like a Donald Trump thing. The TV shows footage of Galactus in Moscow doing his thing, getting ready to eat the planet. And Doom says that the footage is fake. Well, if the footage is fake, they sure did a better job of putting Galactus in a movie than the makers of that third Fantastic Four movie did. The people cheer, and Doom says that he assures everyone that whatever the Russians did to Latveria will never happen in America, even though we don't know what happened to Latveria. An invasion, I assume. Ben yells out at the crowd, telling them that when Doctor Doom tells you not to worry, that is the time to start worrying. And he knows that Galactus is a real dude. And back at the headquarters of the Challengers of Doom, a building where the roof has a big giant D on each side, kind of like the fours on the old Fantastic Freedoms Tower Plaza building, Ben tries to head into the building, but he gets scanned, and a message says, Access Denied. The Challengers appear behind a piece of glass, and Doom says that Ben can't come in because of the court order forbidding him to come within 100 feet of his ex-wife, Dr. Susan Storm. Oh, I hate restraining orders. I have a few myself. I'm not allowed to go into a pizza hut, any pizza hut. I can't go within 100 feet of the local heating and air conditioning repair school. And I have to stay 500 feet away from anyone who plays a tuba. Don't ask. So elsewhere in another alternate universe, Reed shows up and he's falling from a blimp. And he can't use any of his powers. A guy flies by in some kind of hybrid airplane helicopter thing made out of wood and he tosses Reed a rope, wraps it around his legs and reels him into the plane. The guy flying the plane is this universe's Ben Grimm and they land and they're in some kind of weird Victorian England version of New York and Ben introduces Reed to his friends Hank McCoy known as Mr. Farrell, Mr. Mist Nelson, no idea who that is, Mr. Strange, in this universe, I guess he didn't get his doctorate, and P. Norbit Ebersol, Mr. Fix-It. Also, I don't know who that is. They're all worried about a villain called the Monocle. Let me guess, he wears a monocle? Whatever happened to monocles, by the way? Why did they go out, why did they go out of style? I think they were pretty snazzy. So Monocle owns that blimp that Regis fell out of, and they're worried that Monocle is draining all the power out of the city. Ben makes a comment that even though he's got thrown out of that blimp, he can't get Doc Fantastic down. So in this universe, Reed did get his doctorate. I'm not sure if he got his doctorate in the regular Marvel Universe. No one ever seems to call him Dr. Richards. Reed has one of those metal time-space teleportation balls that he dropped, but a blonde chick finds it and gives it back to him. The blonde chick is Sue, with a very old-fashioned haircut. Reed asks to speak to Johnny, but Sue sadly informs him that Johnny was killed two days ago during a fight with the monocle. And finally, we're being asked to imagine one more universe, a place called Elsewhere, a universe that exists in Franklin's dreams, 
It's a bleak, barren, ugly place. Which just goes to show how screwed up in the head Franklin must be. So Franklin and Valeria are hanging out there, and Franklin says that he's waiting for a lady who can help them fight the Dark Man. The lady shows up, and it's Roma from the Claremont issues. And she says, If we do not act soon, all of time will be lost to us. And that is the end of the issue. You can just imagine what happens next, or you can read the issue for yourself, or listen to episode 477. But before we get to that, coming next week, it's my favorite episode of the year, the annual Fantastic Forecast Christmas Special. So please check that out. And that's all I have for today. If you have any questions about the Fantastic Four, about this podcast, or if you need relationship advice, you can email me at podcastsf at gmail.com. You can download other episodes of iTunes and find them all at www.podcastsf.podbean.com. So long, kids. This podcast is over. (laughs) 